0: I truly believe everyone has the ability to be an A player somewhere. And if it's not in your organization, either because who they are is not consistent with your culture and your core values, or they just don't have the skills, the capabilities, the natural talents to do the job you want them to do at the highest level, you're doing them a favor by freeing them to go become an A-player somewhere else. You made it to the Better Leadership Team Show, the place where you learn how to surround yourself with the right people, doing the right things, so you can grow your business without losing your mind. I'm your host and leadership team coach, Mike Goldman. I'm going to show you how to improve top and bottom line growth, fulfillment, and the value your company adds to the world by building a better leadership team. All right, let's go. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about talent. I can't imagine for a second there's anything in your company more important than making sure you're improving the talent of your team, that you've got more folks performing at an A level, less folks performing at what I'd call a C or a toxic C level. I don't think we need any magic studies to tell us that if we have more talent on our team, we're going to have a higher performing company. We're going to have a company that is not only more lucrative and adding more value to the world, but it's going to be a more interesting and fun workplace to be. So we need to improve our talent. And I just don't see companies spending enough time making sure they are hiring the right talent, keeping the right talent, coaching and developing the talent they have. Now, in a previous episode, we talked about what I call the quarterly talent assessment, a specific process and system to assess talent and figure out who is performing at an A level, a B level, a C level, and a toxic C level. So we talked about all that. And you can go back and watch that episode. But what I want to talk specifically about here is what to do about underperformers and mistakes I see leaders make over and over again, excuses I see leaders make over and over again. And man, I'm not sure that there's many other things more damaging to a team than keeping underperformers around without, even, without either coaching them to become real solid performers or setting them free to go be an A player somewhere else. So let's talk about that a little bit. When we talk about underperformers, and I'm going to talk about two different types, of underperformers, folks that I say are performing at a sea level, and folks I say are performing at a toxic sea level. Again, for more, watch the episode called "The Quarterly Talent Assessment." When we talk a little bit about it here. Is folks that are performing at a sea level, or folks that are not meeting their productivity goals by a good amount? Folks that are really underperforming from a productivity standpoint, meaning they have certain goals of success, certain amount of revenue they're supposed to bring in or a certain amount of invoices they're supposed to process in a day, whatever it is, but they are significantly underperforming from a productivity standpoint. That's what I call a someone performing at a C level. Folks performing at a toxic sea level might have a very high level of productivity. High or low doesn't matter. What matters for the toxic sea level is if they are consistently not living the core values of your organization, if they're not a cultural fit, if they're hurting the culture of your organization, if they are violating the non-negotiable core values and behaviors that you have as an organization. Those are folks that I believe, I don't care if they're highly productive, low productive, those are folks that are toxic to the organization. So in the quarterly talent assessment, and I'm going to start there, when we have someone performing at a C or a toxic C level, you have two choices. And I think those two choices are you're going to coach or you're going to cut the cord. Now. These are human beings. These are not post-it notes on a flip chart. These are not names on a page. They're human beings with families. And it's hard to just say we're going to cut the cord on them. They deserve coaching. And what amazes me is when I find people that are either performing at a C-level or a toxic C-level and I ask that leader who that person reports to, are we coaching or cutting the cord? They say, we've got a coach, and that's fine, right? That's good. All, everybody deserves coaching. But then I say to them, well, how long has this problem been going on? And they might say nine months, 12 months, a year and a half. And I'm like, well, that's a long time, and you still believe they need more coaching? And the answer is, yeah, I really haven't talked to them about it. Kills me that you can have someone around who is hurting your culture or hurting your ability to be productive as a team, and you're just not coaching them. So here's the accountability. Here's the commitment that I like to give my leadership teams is I will say, are you going to coach that person or cut the cord? And if they say, I'm going to coach them, which again is wonderful, what are you coaching them on? Well, here's what I'm going to come up, coach them on. Great. Well, you know we do this talent assessment every quarter, so 90 days from now. We're going to come back again, and if that person is still performing at a C or a toxic C level, and you still believe they need more coaching three months later, you might be the C player. And that normally gets some oohs and ahs, but we can't afford as an organization to have an underperformer be a story for 6, 9, 12, 18 months, and it happens all the time. So excuses are made that I haven't talked to them yet and they need more coaching. Excuses are made to keep that person. Sometimes they come back in and they artificially inflate the assessment and say, oh, now they're performing at a B-level. Knowing that's just because
1: they're trying to avoid the difficult conversation.
0: So everybody deserves coaching. But we can't afford to have underperformers as a longtime story within our organization. And so I want to talk about some of the excuses or, you know, reasons, which are really excuses that people give for not taking the action they need to take. And I want to try and rid you of those excuses so you can move forward and do what's right for you, for your organization, and frankly, even for the person that you need to cut the cord with. So here are some of the excuses.
1: The first one is loyalty. He's been with us for 10
0: years. He was here when times were tough. He was here when we just got started. Man, you know, how can I get rid of him after 10 years? And I get loyalty is important. I I respect that. But if you've got that in your head about one of your people, the question I'd ask you is, Are you more loyal to this one person or to the other 50 that you're hurting by keeping that person around and causing extra work for you so you can't afford to spend time with the folks that really deserve your time? They're causing extra work for others. They're hurting above all else. They're hurting the folks performing at an A-level who are wondering why you're keeping that person around because you're hurting their ability to be great. So, that loyalty reason, that loyalty excuse doesn't work because you can't be more loyal to one person than you are to the other 50 on your team.
1: Second excuse people give is well, we're really busy now. We're going to be short staffed. Well, say we're really busy now. You know, I've heard we're going to wait
0: till things calm down. When have things ever calmed down? I mean, come off. Things don't, you know, you want to keep moving things forward. You're going to be busy. There's never going to be a time where you say, ah, now things are kind of easy. It's okay for us to be short-staffed. And the problem is if you keep that person, because if you lose them, you're going to be short-staffed. What you're doing is you're actually hurting everybody else's productivity. One of the things, one of the philosophies that I talked about in the quarterly talent assessment episode is one equals three. And that comes from Kip Tindall at their container store. One equals three says one superstar performer equals the productivity of three mediocre performers. One equals three. So by keeping an underperformer around, you're actually hurting some of those superstar performers' performance. By keeping that underperformer around, you're hurting your ability to go out and find someone who may be 3X More productive. By keeping that underperformer around, you're also lessening the sense of urgency that you need to find a replacement. You've got to rip off the band aid. And in some cases, when you lose that underperformer and everybody else around them becomes more productive, you may even realize that you don't need to fill that spot, or maybe you need to fill it in a different way. Third excuse is.
1: How do I know if I've coached enough? Maybe they need more coaching. You know. I mean, have you tried everything? No, you will never try everything. But if you do your best to coach, that coaching
0: shouldn't take 9, 12 months. Go coach them for 90 days if you don't see they're starting to Move up, at least from C to B. It's not working. You could always say, maybe
1: they need more coaching. Here's what I tell you.
0: By delaying through all these excuses, don't worry, I've got a few more I'm going to take you through. You are not only hurting yourself, you're hurting the organization. You're hurting this employee that you're not cutting the cord on which sounds ridiculous, right? How are you, you're helping them by firing them? I actually believe in some cases you are. I had a situation many years ago when I owned a staffing and recruiting firm. I had a staffing supervisor working for me. Now, in that role, dotting I's and crossing T's, the details are incredibly important. This woman I had working for me just was one of the most ADD people, kept making mistakes, focus all over the place, But I got to tell you, she could walk into a room of 20 people and 10 minutes later walk out with 10 best friends. She could talk anyone. She was just amazing at building relationships. So I had to let her go. But she was never going to be an A player as a staffing supervisor. In a different role for her, it may have been a sales role. But in a different role, she would have the ability to fly. She would have the ability to be a superstar. I truly believe everyone has the ability to be an A player somewhere. And if it's not in your organization, either because who they are is not consistent with your culture and your core values, or they just don't have the skills, the capabilities, the natural talents to do the job you want them to do at the highest level you're doing them a favor. They're not going to look at it that way. Come on. They're not going to thank you for firing them. But in the long run, maybe even in the short run, you're doing them a favor by freeing them to go become an A player somewhere else. So we talked about a few excuses, the loyalty excuse. I'm going to be short-staffed excuse. They need more coaching excuse. The other excuse I get, and this one I can't believe, is we need a bell-shaped curve. We can't afford to have all A players. We've got to have some B players. We've got to have some C players. That's just the way it is. We can't afford to have all A players. It amazes me. My response is, I mean, I get where they're coming from. The thought is, you know, if we have all A players, they're all going to want raises. They're all going to want promotions. We need some performers, you know, on all levels of the spectrum. Because we can't afford to be paying people more and giving everybody a promotion. That's just fantasy land. That's not what happens. Now, number one, I promise you, if you've got all A players, you're going to be able to afford to give everybody raises. You're going to be growing so fast, you are going to be promoting people because you're going to be building the organization. Now, you may never have all A players, and and that's
1: okay. But when people...
0: Everybody's going to want raises. Everybody's going to want promotions. That's just not true. You can have an A player accounts payable clerk that just has been an accounts payable clerk for the last 20 years. They want to do it for the next 20 years. That's what they want to do, and that's okay. Everybody is not looking for big raises, big promotions. That's just not true. But, again, if you did have all A players, trust me, your rate of growth is going to be so fast, that's not going to be a problem.
1: The next excuse is the legal
0: excuse. Now I get this, you know, as a coach, I'm going to challenge you and I challenge my clients to take action quickly. You know, the philosophy of fire fast, hire slow. The excuse is while we talk to our attorney and they're in a protected class. So we talk to our attorney and we need, three warnings over X number of months. And then we put them on a a performance improvement program. And then we got to check with them again. And uh, it's going to take us nine, 12 months to fire. Now, I know in Europe, there are some crazy rules that hurt your ability to move quickly on folks. But if you're the United States, I get that your lawyers are trying to protect you. That's their job. They should be trying to protect you. They're giving you sound advice. But my question for you, is the risk worth the impact on performance, the impact on morale, the impact on culture that this underperformer is having? You cannot every time, out of fear of being sued, just keep the wrong people around. Now, talk to your attorney. I'm not going to give you legal advice, but what I'd say is, your attorney is not worried about you growing your company. Your attorney is not looking at your net income. Your attorney is not looking at your rate of growth on revenue. They're just looking to keep you out of court. That's their job. You've got to balance that with your ability to build a great organization. And now all of these excuses together in most cases are just about a fear of having the difficult conversation. I'm not sure there's a more difficult conversation than having to cut the cord on somebody, having to fire somebody. I get it. But let's be honest. When you fear that difficult conversation, that's about you. That's not about the other person. It's about how it's going to make you feel. It's the fear you have of how they're going to view you or whether you're going to say the wrong thing. And you know what? Suck it up. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to the organization. You owe it to that employee to have that difficult conversation. I can remember when I had that conversation way back with that staffing supervisor that worked for me. When I had the staffing firm, it was a tough conversation. She shed a tear or two, but I had that conversation and let her know that she had some amazing strengths that I couldn't take advantage of. She could be a superstar salesperson somewhere. I didn't need a superstar salesperson. So she needed to find the right fit for her. That wasn't an easy conversation, but I needed to have that for me, for the team, and for her. So suck it up, have the difficult conversation. And the key to a lot of this is when you are Assessing your talent when you're doing this quarterly talent assessment that I recommend where you're figuring out who's performing at an A, B, C, toxic C level. The key is accountability. The key is holding yourself accountable for doing the coaching you say you're going to do. Because your goal is not to cut the cord. Your goal is to try to take these underperformers and make them overperformers. Hold yourself accountable to coaching or cutting the cord in the talent assessment, which is a discussion with your peers for about the folks one level down. Hold your peers accountable for coaching or cutting the cord, and then if you are the CEO or VP of Sales or COO, hold your team accountable. Do not let these underperformer. Stories go on forever. You want to improve your talent density. And talent density is your percent A players minus your percent C players. The most important thing you can do for your organization, for growth, for profitability, for fulfillment, for impact on the world, the most important thing you can do is improve your talent density. By keeping C players around and toxic C players around, you're killing your talent density. Coach them, move them up to B players, A players, or cut the cord, work on your talent. I promise you, you're going to be a better organization for it. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Better Leadership Team Show. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would be ever so grateful if you could rate the show and leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to connect with us on mike-goldman.com slash blog, where you could subscribe to my blog, or at Mike Goldman Coach on both Instagram and YouTube sharing is caring so be sure to spread the word to anyone you think might enjoy the show and remember if you want to build a great business you've got to have a great leadership team